Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast. This is your host, Shayna and Dana, and we are so excited for this conversation today. We have on feng shui expert, Amanda Gibby Peters, who is the voice and visionary of Simple Shui. She's been teaching feng shui techniques and tips for over a decade, witnessing life transform her readers and her clients, and she's even been called the Martha Stewart of feng shui. So she is a projector. And this conversation, we really just kind of have a projector deep dive party on everything feng shui. And it's one of my favorite conversations that we've had. We are both just so fascinated by this and so lit up by it. And um, I think that everyone listening can benefit from this conversation. Um, especially if you have a two in your profile, a six in your profile, um, an undefined G center, this information is so powerful. And I feel like I'm just so ready to dive into feng shui my home. Yeah, this was a fascinating conversation. We know that you guys are really going to love it um, and see how you can really apply it to your life. And also, it was just really fun to get to talk to Amanda about her chart and being a projector and how in alignment she is. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that too. Okay, so without further ado, let's welcome on our guest for today, Amanda Gibby-Peters. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well, and I'm so excited to be here with both of you. So thank you for asking me. Of course. Yes. Honestly, I feel well. So, everyone listening, all three of us are projectors. And I feel like we get asked a lot how do projectors invite each other? Um, and honestly, I think that this is such a good example of, of it. Three projectors kind of finding, I feel like our paths crossed in so, it's such an interesting way. So, basically, I found your book maybe a year ago and I was just Googling uh, feng shui because I was really curious about it, really fascinated in it. And then I found your Instagram. Anyways, fast track to now, we're like, okay, we're ready to talk about feng shui on our podcast. Who do we want to have on? And we go to your account from Day Luna's side, and you're already following Day Luna. Yes. <laughs> and so, in our human design minds, we're like, okay, that's an invitation because it's it's that recognition. Like she's already following us. We're already following her. I've already read your book, so let's just invite. And um, I feel like it's just so aligned. So I just love the timing of it. Oh, I love that. I love knowing that you're both projectors too. That makes me feel even cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Projector party. <laughs> yeah. So if you could introduce yourself to our audience, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do, what it is that you share. Okay. Yeah. So um, Amanda Gibby-Peters, you already mentioned that I am the founder and the voice of Simple Shui, which is a modern day mission-driven love-based practice of feng shui 
Really what I'm helping people do is to figure out how to optimize their environment so that they can fully experience, um, you know, the best opportunities, possibilities, and life experiences. And I think that it's certainly in the last couple of years moved into more focus, but I think that a lot of people go about their day doing a lot of different practices and they don't think about the opportunity and potential that their homes present. We are in a space all the time. It is always influencing our well-being. And so I love when I get invited into homes or conversations to help people start realizing that this is a partner that wants to work with you. Yes. Wow. That is so fascinating. And, you know, from our perspective in human design, um, we're constantly talking about the energy that is outside of us and how it comes into our bodies and understanding like the unique um, exchange and interplay that that has. And there are certain types in human design that are even more sensitive to environments than others. And your chart is one of them. You know, you have these energies where you really are someone who is so receptive and very, very open and really taking in the energy of a space in this very intuitive and empathetic way. So I think so many of our listeners are really going to love hearing this conversation and learning about how they can have this relationship with their space to really increase their life in all of these other ways, because we are all really awakening to the fact that this is something that is such a big part of our life. And it's so underutilized for a lot of us. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have science now catching up, you know, the behavioral science community is like their flow chart. I always joke is like, Oh, the buildings you're in, they affect your brains and your bodies and that influences your thoughts and your feelings and those drive your decisions because that's your mood and your behavior and that drives your outcome. And I'm like, or feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And honestly, I love how you, you um, put it saying that you have this partnership that's available, like this partner in your life. And I feel that so deeply. I feel that the last few months, especially I have been obsessed with my home, with feng shui. I, I swear I've probably washed my door like five <laughs> times in the last, in this year. Um, and I'm like a, going a little overboard, but it's just so, I don't know. I feel it so profoundly in my body and, um, and wanting to just optimize it and take care of it as if it is, you know, another partnership in my life, just like my husband, just like Dana. Um, this is this partnership that I, I live in. And I think maybe it is different, you know, I don't know, maybe a little bit more seriousness when you own versus when you, um, are renting. But I think that there's so much that you get out of it regardless. Um, yeah. even if you are renting. So here's what I'll say. A lot of people will think, well, I'm in my parents' home or I'm in an apartment that I don't love, or I'm even in a house that I don't love, or I'm just in a room or it doesn't matter the space. Um, you know, I don't think that we ever end up somewhere that we're not supposed to be. And I don't mean that as like some people just get the hard knocks and others don't. What I mean is that your space is a teacher. Anything that you need to learn or grow or, you know, move through, progress through, your home is going to help you. So 
when I was brand new to feng shui, one of my first teachers, I remember going through kind of like, what's a great feng shui, you know, home, what are sort of the challenges, struggles. This was really basic stuff at the beginning for me. And my house, the house I still am in has a lot of like negatives. And so I asked my teacher, well, then when I go to sell it, how can I do that with a clear conscience? Like, you know, here I am. Already taking on the responsibility <laughs> of everyone else's well-being. Anyway, and she said, no, when you are done learning what you need to, you will outgrow that space and it'll be ready for someone else. And so the best thing you can do is leave it better than you found it. And that means through all the care and the TLC and the adjustments and the you know different things that we do to make our space feel good, that energy gets into the walls, it gets into the carpet, it gets into the Lanchy, and that all continues that improvement for the house itself. So it's a partnership wherever you are. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that I needed to hear that, but I know that so many people do because I think it's so easy to say, okay, but this isn't my forever home. Um, so I'm not going to pour that much money into Mm -hmm. it or that much whatever into it because it's not where I want to be. But I think that there is Um, especially with manifesting, right? Manifesting that next place or that next relationship or that next level of abundance. Um, You're in this energetic environment that's Mm -hmm. deeply impacting you, but you you may or may not realize it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this. If you're going to hold out on your house, you're holding out on you, Mm. right? Like it is a reflection of you. So if you're like, not yet, not yet. I'm just going to wait. It's the same thing in our lives. You know, our homes are a metaphor for our lives and you don't have to spend a ton of money. I think that feng shui sometimes gets confused with design. It gets confused with um, being wealthy and those can be part of the conversation, but they certainly aren't driving the car in the conversation. It is about how can you improve this space to make you feel better and little things that people can do like clean the windows, get rid of some clutter, plant something outside, add some more color to your space, throw down a rug, light the candles. They're really simple things that all actually carry a lot of energetic weight. You don't have to understand it for it to work, but they do make a difference. And then we, I think a lot of times underestimate what a difference a little feeling a little better can make. So if you start Mm -hmm. to feel a little better and then that becomes cumulative because it's now part of your day in your space, that adds up quickly. That changes how you show up in the world. Gosh, talk about an energetic investment. Yeah. Um, Like building that, that up. Um, I love that. So can you just tell us a little bit for anyone who's never heard of feng shui, what it is and kind of like a little bit of, of the history of it and what, I guess, brought you into this space. Okay, sit back, have a drink, because I've got some talking to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I have two definitions, and then I'll tell you how I came into it. So the first definition is really simple. It is just the translation of feng shui. It's wind, water. Wind is energy, water's fortune. So when you are practicing feng shui, you are really bringing your home and yourself into energetic alignment of fortune. Fortune, not just being money and income and investments and windfalls, you know, that kind of stuff, but anything that you feel necessary to living a really good life. And so if we think about that, that's having our health, 
That's having good relationships. That's having access to resource and opportunities, right? It's having all of those things that genuinely make us smile, feel good about life. The story I like to tell to explain feng shui sort of gives you a little bit of a peek into its history. So feng shui originated thousands of years ago in China, and it was originally uh, used to locate auspicious burial spots for the, for the emperor's royalty. And when they did this, they were reading the Lan Chi, right? So this came out of these philosophers studying the relationship between the cosmos and the earth. And one of the observations that they had that really led to this sort of land chi, this art of placement, which became feng shui, was if a seed lands somewhere where there's good soil, right amount of sun, right amount of water, not too much wind, that seed is going to grow and it will thrive. But if that seed lands somewhere where there are any deficiencies or those energies are destructive, if it does grow, it's going to struggle. And the question became, are humans the same? And I, I always in my classes take this a step further and say, you know, if you are someone who has plants in the house or outside, you know, if something's struggling, you don't go into the nursery and say, what the hell's wrong with my boxwood? Does it not know how to boxwood? You ask about its environment? Does it need more water, less water, more sun? Do I need to prune it? Do I need to fertilize it? We ask about what we can do to improve its environment. And that is the same for us. So to answer your third wow. question, how I came to feng shui, again, huge skeptic. I moved into this house. I just told you there were a lot of things that were wrong, but I didn't know feng shui. And I, you know, things were, the move was hard. My, I have twins that are 19 now, but they were three at the time. They were a lot. My husband was traveling all the time. It was a brand new, you know, town to us. And even though the house fit all those little boxes you give your realtor, nothing was feeling like home. And it just progressively, you know, speaking about that cumulative effect, it kept getting worse. And I was having a really bad day. And, um, you know, in the mix of this and grabbed a book and just thought, whatever I see is going to be my answer. And it said feng shui. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. read it. No way. I read it. And I was like, this, I mean, come on. I just moved houses. Like my, my house can change my life. I just moved houses. But it kind of sparked a little bit of anger in me. And so I was like, I got to figure this out and prove that it's that there's no way this works. And so that was how I showed up in it. And then all of these things started happening. They were little coincidences. And, you know, it's a, I, it's a much longer story, but eventually I realized like, I can't keep calling this a coincidence. Like something is genuinely happening here. And so I was like, I need to be the student. I, I stopped being the skeptic and I became the student. And here we are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I have chills like five different times, just you sharing um, just such profound. There's so many things in what you just shared that I could pick apart for an, an hour. Um, but looking at your chart too, you know, um, I love that you said that you're a big skeptic because that's such a big part of what you're here to do is to mm -hmm. question things and to say, okay, but does that really work? Is yes. that really helping you? Is this really what you need versus what you need? Um, and I just love that it kind of, um, you don't shy away from that because you're not meant to, but yeah. also you have really a lot of intuition and instinct. So I love that you kind of felt that 
okay, whatever I see here is going to be my answer. Mm -hmm. And it was feng shui and how perfect. Um, So I'm just, I'm just so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I really love the way that you translate things. It just feels so um, like it really lands and I can really feel like the authenticity and passion in everything that you're saying. Like it's so exciting to hear about. And, you know, I'd love to hear about when you say that you moved into this house and there were things that were off or things that were wrong. Can you share just like a couple of examples of what that, what those things were, or what those feelings were? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. So what happened immediately after buying our home was it seemed like money was going out faster than it was coming in. Mm. Um, it seemed like there were, like we couldn't land any luck anywhere. Like my husband was having to travel all the time. I had just finished grad school. You know, I have a, I have a, I was planning on going to get my PhD, um, but I couldn't find anywhere to put my girls in terms of like a, a preschool. Everything was full. And so it felt like the walls were just closing in a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I didn't, I didn't feel good in the house. Something was off, but I want you to think pre-feng shui, Amanda, I was very cerebral, academic, you know, we have to have proof, like that's how we move forward. (laughs) Yeah. And I had intuition, but not in like, I'd always had intuition in other things, but like in my house, that just seemed like there was that hadn't been connected up or synced up yet. So what happened was when I started working with my space, I'll tell you a really cool story. So when I started buying the books and this was like pre Amazon and that, so, you know, it was like whatever I could find and it yeah. was little today, there's like a wealth of resource, <laughs> but, um, I started kind of dipping my toes into these different concepts. And one of them was space clearing, like this idea of energetically cleansing your home. And, you know, this was again, before sage sticks were everywhere, before people were wafting smoke in all the different corners and, you know, doing chants and that people were doing that, but it just wasn't something that was, you know, mainstream conversation. So I finally warmed up to the idea and I did a space clearing in our house. And shortly after that, shortly after that, um, I ran into someone who taught classes at our local gym and she's like, Oh, I know your home. Um, I used to come over. I know the people who lived there before. And she proceeded to tell me just some really unhappy stories about the owners before that they were fighting all the time, that they were stressed over money, um, that they were, you know, not making the best choices for their marriage. You know, they kind of were exploring outside their marriage. There were just a lot of different things that all of a sudden, boom, like moved into focus. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we basically stepped into their shoes and we were just walking in their patterns because we had been fighting more than ever. I tell people all the time, my husband and I have been married now for 22, almost 22 years. And the only time we've ever talked about divorce was when we first moved into this house. It's the only time. Um, And so there were just a lot of things that all of a sudden I, it got my attention and all of a sudden any sort of hesitation or like, is this too dubious? This idea of space clearing, it just cleared up. And now I say to everyone, like you need to be doing the energetic cleansing as much. Right. So that was one thing that came full circle for me. Things that took me years longer to understand was, um, like we have really high ceilings in a lot of our spaces and something like that can make it really hard to feel intimate or to feel connected. Um, it can, it can make grounding energy 
challenging, you know, so that was one thing. Um, my front door lines up with a, a huge bay of windows and it's a really long sort of like bowling alley feeling. And that can really amplify opportunities coming in your house, but like shooting right back out. And we were mm -hmm. having that experience of like money coming in and going right back out. There were a few other things, but those were the things that once you understand, it's not like, oh no, my house is cursed. It's like, okay, now let me introduce the adjustment. Let me help you understand all of the different resources and tools we have in our simple, you know, our little simple shui bag to mitigate or, you know, correct some of those challenges because people will bring in the crystals and the plants and the pretty stuff. And they're like, I've, you know, I've waved the smoke stick. Why is nothing changing? And it's like, cause it's not the smoke stick. It's there's something else in your house that you just haven't been taught to read. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm like immediately thinking about just so many different things in my home. Um, this is kind of an intense question, but do you ever work with people who are like um, building a home or like look at a blueprint of their current house and maybe they're doing a major remodel and you can say like, oh, put your door here or actually let's rearrange this floor plan so that we'll way it's more the bedroom in this direction, things like that. I Yes. I, I ask people all the time, like when they start mentioning that they're going to look for a home or they're going to build a home, I'm like, please get me involved before because I have just as many stories of clients who call me after. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> how am I going to say this? How am I going to leave here? So you still feel good, but you understand the urgency. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm into this. I'm so fascinated by it. Um, because we own our home, um, and we've been thinking about for a few years now selling and upgrading to a new house, because I really want this view that we have here in Ventura. And, um, anyways, but recently, maybe the last four or five months, I've been thinking, actually, we, I love our space. I love how, serene it feels maybe I just do some upgrades to it like a bathroom extension and maybe we get different like doors and whatever right update it um but I've kind of been slow to find a contractor or actually start the work because something in me feels like I I know that what feeling I want but I don't know how to make that feeling happen. Um, yeah. And I think that with feng shui, at least without knowing anything about it, I've always just kind of felt like, you know what? This feels good here. Like mm -hmm. energetically, this feels good. Um, and I've gone, I think, as far as I can go with it, with, with my mm -hmm. own body and feeling mm -hmm. like, oh, that just feels energetically off if you put it there. Um, so I'm just so excited to learn so much more. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about energy flow in a home and just like the, the basics of, of like, I guess how energy moves through your house? Yeah, that's that a great sense? question. Yeah, totally makes sense. So one of, so one of the things I teach, so I, I, 
teach people, I take people through six weeks of like, this is what my consult process looks like. Here are the basic questions. Now, obviously you, you can't download my experience, but you can get the basics and, you know, approach your house with that in hand. And one of the very first things I teach is like how to start reading the way energy is moving through your space. So for me, it starts before you even get to your home. It is how is energy flowing around your house, meaning as you are nearing your space, what is around your home? And I'm talking neighborhood. Are there busy roads? Is there industry? Are there schools? Like what is happening? Because we go back to that land chi, right? Locating those auspicious burial spots. That is the very root. That's the very thread of feng shui. And it doesn't matter what school or approach you look at, that stays the same. And so you really want to make sure that the land chi is as supportive as it can be. And if it's not, being mindful that that is something you're going to want to take advantage of within your own space, right? Like really plumping up and nourishing the chi. So I'm looking at that before I even approach. Then as I come to your space, I'm paying attention to my first impressions. And I always tell people, I know this sounds so Judge Judy, but so rarely do we get that opportunity to get a fresh pair of eyes on our space. And we get really familiar with our homes. We become incredibly tolerant. And it can sometimes be a great little wake up to have someone say, you know, this kind of threw me off, this dead bush over here, you know, or that step tripped me up, or, you know, I was sitting here ringing the doorbell, but it didn't work, right? Like this is really valuable feedback. So how I feel approaching the door, curb appeal, is everything. By the way, I went down a rabbit hole not too long ago looking up like why realtors encourage curb appeal and all this kind of stuff. I mean, obviously because we make really quick judgments of a home, right? But what I didn't realize is they have all of this, um, you know, all these statistics that show that people don't necessarily want to sell their homes after they've done the curb appeal, that they feel like, I think there was a 94% satisfaction rate in how they feel about their homes after they take care of the front of the house. So when people are like, I don't care, you know, I'm like, but you do. (laughs) You might not be telling yourself that you care, but you do. Yeah. Yeah. So how that space feels. And that really is like a first impression of you to the world. So it's emanating out how you feel about yourself too. And then when I walk into a space, it's like, where do my eyes land first? Because that's sort of like a marquee of coming attraction. So if I see a messy office or there's a lot of busyness, no judgment. It just tells me that the priorities are a little shifty here, right? Um, So then it's walking through. And as I'm walking through the home, really what I'm looking for, going back to wind and water, think of wind and water moving gently in a nourishing way versus it being too fast, which we know can be destructive and disperse things, right? If you think of like a, a windstorm, you know, it can just spread everything out. Or if there's too much stuff in a room, then it means that that wind and water gets stagnant. It's not really moving. So those are kind of the things that I start looking at. How is energy moving? Is the space balanced? Like, can I tell when I walk into a room, this is what this room's used for. Or is it sending me mixed messages? Do I feel like this is somewhere that people come and stay and they have a hard time getting up? Or is this a space that no one ever wants to come to? Because they're, like you said, something feels off, right? And those are the things that I'm assessing as I'm walking through and looking at someone's house. And I will say this, a lot of people instinctually get 
a good amount of this correct. Like they know what feels good, but what is really challenging is when it's off, getting your finger on what's off. Yes. And that's where having this language, I think is such a power move because you can, I can come in and identify it and it really be splinters is what I call them are not things that we're taught. And they're certainly not things that you hear in design school in that. So unless you understand, and again, this goes back to nature, earth, cosmos, how things are interacting. This is not something you have to buy into. In fact, one of my favorite things is when people are like, I don't believe in feng shui. I don't practice feng shui. It's like, it doesn't need your endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about human design. It's so true. It's It's already happening. So, you know, do you want to find out if there are opportunities for improvement? And I hope you say yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and I think it's just like that with a relationship, right? The relationship with yourself, with your partner, with whoever, and now with your home, having this lens, um, I think it's almost like, duh, but (laughs) like, I just never thought of it before, you know, like when you hear it, at least to me, it's like, oh, of course that makes so much sense. Um, and it's so fascinating. And as projectors, you know, we're here to be fascinated. Mm -hmm. Um, and you being this channel, um, and being able to give such, uh, really helpful language Mm -hmm. just I can just hear it as you're speaking and I'm I'm just in it (laughs) (laughs) well I appreciate that so when I came into it I it was really intimidating I you know there was I didn't understand there were all these different schools I didn't understand that there were different approaches different applications and I really knocked myself out trying to get it all figured out and I did eventually. And here's where I landed. Like, okay, we can keep this esoteric. We can keep making this feel out of reach. We can make this something that you have to hike to the person on the mountaintop and ask the question to. But so many people are missing out on the basics just as it is. Why not start with the simplicity? And then if people want to keep going, we'll get there. But there is no need to cannonball into the deep end until you've learned how to swim. Yeah, I love that. It's so much more helpful to give someone like one foundational thing that they can apply and they'll mm-hmm. actually apply it instead yeah. of hearing all of these mental concepts that stay on the mental plane and never actually get applied because they're too confusing. Um, mm-hmm. So I really, really love that about the way that you teach. You make it so uh, fun and approachable. And, you know, it's interesting as you're talking, I think both Shana and I are thinking about our own homes, homes yeah. we've lived in, different things that we felt before. And I'm sure everyone listening is having that same experience as they're listening to you. And I was wondering if there are different things that are better or worse for different people. Like when you were talking about having high ceilings, um, Mm -hmm. and that can be something that actually inhibits your ability to really connect and have that closeness. High ceilings are something that I love, love Mm -hmm. it. And every house I go into, I'm always looking for a high ceiling. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm someone who really enjoys intimacy. It's a big part of who I am, a big part of what comes naturally to me. Um, So I'm wondering what's going on there or if, you know, what, what do you think about that? So here's what I'll say. Um, So high ceilings themselves, just what happens is there's this like no like distinction between heaven and earth. So my Mm. guess is when you go into these spaces where there are high ceilings and high ceilings in and of themselves are not bad. They're great for like Mm. imagining, having lofty ideas, sort of big conversations, thinking outside the box, all of that kind of stuff. But like if I went into a bedroom and it was a high ceiling and people Mm. were telling me they were having a hard time, you know, connecting intimacy, that kind of stuff. 
I would say, okay, let's introduce something that's going to kind of ground the room. And so Mm. my guess is when you go into the spaces with the high ceilings, that grounding is already there. And what I mean by that is that there's an eyeline somewhere happening. It can be door frames. It can be art. It can be crown molding. It can be the distinction of paint. But things are done that actually create that separation so you don't feel like the energy is just dispersing all over the place. Mm. It's kind of holding a little bit down with a little room up there. So this is, again, it's just this interesting languaging of understanding what makes one room work and another one feel off. And it can be literally one thing that's right. different and a lot that of makes it all is the balance right you know if you're yes. having something very tall then having something grounding equals that balance or even if you have a room that's you know really really sunny and hot like I noticed I live in the desert so there's a lot of sun always and so adding like cooling things into our space mm-hmm. cooling colors and crystals things that have like a very water energy feel it just yes. feels so good because it brings balance it's like this oasis in kind of like the overwhelming sun desert sand kind of energy that we have. Yeah, you're getting into like the five elements, which are a really incredible part of the feng shui language and practice, which is how do we get this whole power gang of five in because they each have their own superpowers. And in a way, make sure that everyone's getting what they need. You know, the five elements are the building blocks of the universe, which means that they all transform into the next. So you can't really have play favorites because in doing that the ones that you're missing you're missing out that energy and then these aren't really like working to their healthiest state for you because they're not getting the fuel and the fertilizer that they need so instinctually again a lot of times we will do that counterbalancing without knowing oh i'm bringing in like you said water and water puts out fire oh you know but that's what's happening there is you're you're helping to balance out that excess with some of these other features and This is one of my favorite parts of going into homes is identifying what people have already done on their own so well, because I want people to trust their intuition, right? Like I, going back to who I was before I got into this, I relied on logic. So even if I had gotten an intuitive, well, I'll tell you, when we moved in our home, it had this horrible color. It should be removed from all paint stores. It was called Builder's Beige. (laughs) And I promise you it, it like it wounded my soul. Like it was such an offense to me. And it took me forever to figure out paint colors. And if I had language then that I do now, I would have known just put anything up because this is flat. It's dry. It's parched. It's draining you of all of your energy. But I kept thinking we got to make the right choice. This is such an investment. And I think people get stuck in that logic piece of it. And your home is trying to communicate with you and it's through intuition. And sometimes if you'll just trust that nudge, it's going to help you resolve not only something that might be frustrating you visually, but it's connected to something in your life. You know, your home represents all areas of your life. So, you know, you can wait till you figure it all out or you can trust it and get the win sooner. Yeah, Mm. that's so fascinating. I was going to ask you about color and like what, what influence does color have on our space in general? Well, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at color. I mean, you know, you just have color theory in general, right? But there, so all of the elements are expressed through color. So you can bring in their properties through color. And then you, when you look at the feng shui map, it has colors that's associated with it. So that's an opportunity to incorporate color. But there was something that I read recently that I really loved and appreciated. It's in the new book. 
Joyful. Have you guys heard of that book? Oh my gosh. Well, I recommend everyone um, read it. It's by Ingrid Lee. And she um, just takes this and she's not a feng shui. This says she brings up feng shui interestingly in her, you know, like conversation, but it's not a feng shui book. But in the very first, one of the first chapters, she talks about abundance and she talks about what color does and how, like when we were evolving as humans, we gave up some of our, our um, sense of smell to see more color because color represented survival. It represented like life is happening here. There was abundance to be had. And I think when we don't allow ourselves color, you know, we really rob ourselves of that. We're missing out on that feeling. And and a lot of the studies that she comes across on how important color is, we're just so fascinated. I don't want to ruin the read, so I won't say all of it, but I do find that it is necessary I work with a lot of people who prefer monochromatic palettes, so we'll find ways to incorporate it in small pops, but I will push people to like, okay, we just have to give you a little bit of a pulse here, (laughs) a little bit of a heartbeat over here, right? Because it does, it feeds us. And if you, I mean, this is your languaging, the, the shockers and that, you know, we, we, we vibrate to this, like to plants and flowers and colors. And so when we feel void or any sort of deficiency, those are really easy, simple on-ramps that are available to us. Wow. I love that. Um, I'm curious if you have any, if any like simple tips come to mind for somebody who is maybe just now exploring optimizing their space, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's they're trying to manifest or they're just trying to get in alignment more. Um, you've mentioned a few throughout, but I'm curious if any come to mind right now. Yeah, I'll tell you my, so some of my favorite ones and you know, you talked about washing your door, uh, a million times. I love that. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, you know, I probably have more front door swag than any human on the, you know, I'm like all the reads. (laughs) So always loving up on your front door is fantastic. It is what we call the mouth of cheese. So just like our mouths where we take in water and oxygen and food. The mouth of chi is where your home brings in nourishment. So opportunities, possibilities, luck, anything that you're looking for or trying to attract or call in, not only is it attracted and called in there, but it informs the quality of energy as it comes into your life, right? So any improvement you make at the front door is always energy well spent. I also love when people play up the bedroom. And when I say play up the bedroom, I mean really get specific about, okay, my bedroom needs to focus on sleep, sex, sensuality, and stillness. And when I say stillness, I do not just mean meditation. I sometimes get called out for this. It is when you need to be with yourself. And that can be through grief. That can be through trying to process. That can be through, you know, just catching your breath. But your space needs to, you know, be curated to help you in those three areas. Everything else is a distraction. Everything else is going to run interference. And what I see so often is the bedroom, because it's not a social area of our home, it becomes like, okay, just throw the boxes in there. Just throw the dry cleaning in there. I'll get to it later. Just the the kids can throw their stuff in there and we shut the door. And, you know, if someone doesn't want me to see their bedroom, I'm like, that's the first place I want to see, because it tells me, are you prioritizing yourself? Because if you don't prioritize yourself, who else is going to, you cannot wait for someone else to do that. So a bedroom, few staples, a bed, 
ideally with a headboard, if you can swing it, um, because then that represents that support, having that mountain of support at your back, you know, bedside tables on either side. Um, I have a, a peer who always says, you know, the one night stand always translates into the one night stand. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> when when people that. go looking for love, you know, it's, bringing in that partnership energy, but that partnership energy extends to business, social, collaborative. It goes way beyond like our immediate, you know, romance energy. Um, and then, you know, anything else that really, like if you have room to have like sort of a sitting spot, like those kind of things that are going to cultivate, you know, you prioritizing you. The other place that I encourage people to focus on is the kitchen, Um, and the beginnings of feng shui, you know, the idea of gathering around the hearth, being able to prepare food for others meant that you could keep them strong, that they could work, that they could earn money. And so it really speaks to well-being and wealth. And I like to have fresh, you know, fruit out. I love encouraging fresh flowers. A lot of people get confused when they come on my page. They think I am into flowers, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm always trying to get people to buy them because, the excuses for not are so revealing. Like that's a splurge. They're not going to last long enough. Like I've got to wait until it's a special moment or opportunity, right? Where am I going to put them? You know, they don't last long enough, all these things. And if you translate that in feng shui is very metaphorical, you know, you're not worth it. You're not deserving. You've got to wait for a better opportunity. Like all of these things are how you're showing up in the energy that you're carrying with you in terms of your beliefs, right? You might be writing something in your journal, but your beliefs, as we know, are far more powerful. So by splurging on the flowers, you're making a pretty potent statement. And so this is a great space when people are like, I don't know where to put them, your kitchen, because it's already, Mm -hmm. you know, has that wealth energy. I love that. And talk about, you know, flowers being colorful and color being a celebration of life and a celebration of thriving, you know, not Mm -hmm. just surviving, but really living in abundance. Like I really feel that energy about flowers and also their impermanence, I guess, um, is also a celebration of life, like really enjoying the beauty. Like here in the desert where I live, when the cactus flowers are blooming, it is so special. The entire town pauses everything that they're doing to come see them because it's such a rare sighting to see these like beautiful colors in the desert. That is so like such a neutral color palette. I mean, these, these, um, different suggestions that you offered these three, are so profound. Like if everyone just mm-hmm. put those into their everyday life, they would see so much change and abundance happening, caring for themselves, putting themselves first, putting that abundance and that joy for life first and opening up that opportunity of new things to flow in their life. Like I love the, I love the metaphorical connections because they yes. are so rich and really profound. Yeah. I'll tell you this too, something that can, that everyone can do. This is a really powerful exercise. I, I encourage everyone to go to a space that they love and it can be a room. It can be a bookshelf. It can just be a little nook, but write down how you feel about that space. Like describe it as if you were describing it to me, you know, adjectives, adverbs, be generous, and then go to a space that you don't love as much, or you don't kind of, you know, vibe with and write down, you know, how that makes you feel adjectives, adverbs, all that. And when you're done, And maybe I should, well, you know, pause 
everyone and do this because once you hear, you can't go back. Um, <laughs> and then what happens is you replace the room, the space, the nook with I am. And that will tell you how your house is representing how you feel. And it's true. We all have spaces that we enjoy and that we appreciate and that we really nurture and then others that are neglected. And so, and I mean, neglected, maybe we don't love as much. We, it gets a little more dusty than the other spaces, whatever, but that's going to help you realize where there's that opportunity for improvement, right? So you've got this already working really well for you. Why not go take advantage of this now invitation? Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. I'm already thinking of some spaces in my home. (laughs) (laughs) But I am like, um, a, a term that we use on uh, this podcast was a lot is being a dive in bitch mm-hmm. and just like diving in. And I am such a dive in bitch that I'm like, okay, can you fly out here and like, tell me what to do? And can we find a designer and a builder and just like make it happen? Because I'm so just ready to yeah. freaking like, I don't ever just want to do one thing. I want to do the whole fucking thing right. and just like <laughs> really commit. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm just, I don't even know. Um, it's so crazy though, looking at your human design. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to tell you a little bit about your chart. Please, please. Um, <laughs> so, and our listeners know obviously a lot about human design. So I think it'll be fun for them to hear, but um, you have a lot of splenic definition, which tells us that you're intuitive, you have really good instincts, and you have emotional authority. Um, you're five one emotional projector for everyone listening. Um, but other than your spleen, your root, and your emotional center, everything else is wide open, completely open G center, no gates, um, really open throat center. And it's really rare to have an open G center with no gates on it. And this is the center where you're taking in an empathetically feeling environment and, um, your home, your space, but also other people's like best direction that they can go in. So you, and having this undefined throat you're able to give a voice to something that doesn't have a voice. You're able to give language to something that doesn't have the right language. So you can go into someone's home or even meet with someone and say, okay, this, so I hear what you're saying. And this is what you're really trying to say. This is what you're really needing, or this is what your space is really saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can feel it so empathetically and you're here to be a communicator of that. Um, and I think the lowest expression of these gifts or of these centers being undefined can really trip trip people up and feeling like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know what to say. I don't know who I am. I feel really unheard, those kind of things. And I love that you really just are embodying the highest expression of these gifts of <laughs> being able to give voice to things that don't have a voice and being able to uh, communicate what you're feeling in different environments to really help people be in their right direction. I mean, everything that you're doing ultimately helps people to live out their purpose more and have better relationships and more abundance and be more in alignment. So when, you know, if we didn't know anything about you, we would tell you like you're a conduit for these things Mm -hmm. and I just love that this has kind of come into you. You also have big energy around teaching, around being really talented, um, around being able to reorder things. So saying, okay, this is some roadblocks that are 
are happening. So let's shift things around so that we now we can move through them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, of course you could do that as a therapist, you could do that as a project manager. Um, and I just love how you're doing that with feng shui. (laughs) Um, and you're extremely detailed. You see things that other people might miss. Um, and you're really skeptical. You have the gate of doubts as one of your <laughs> Jupiter gates, which is actually your gate for abundance and expansion and joy, um, is all about questioning things and saying, okay, but does this really work? Having that skepticism. And your other Jupiter gate is all about home, family, community, nurturing, taking care of yourself, taking care of others, Um and questioning the things that we're doing, are they really supporting our home, family, community or not? And that's like your most abundant place to be teaching and helping. So when we first saw your chart at the beginning of this call, we were, Dane and I were like, holy shit, you are in so much alignment. And we just were so excited. That feels like the biggest win. You like hearing that you're all lined up. That's a that's a way to go into a weekend. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And you are, I mean, you're really inspiring. If we met someone, anyone who has this completely undefined G center, no gates in their chart, especially mm-hmm. if we met someone who had a child who had this, we would say, are they sleeping well? How are they feeling overall? Do they like their bedroom? Because these children are so sensitive to their space. Mm. If they don't like a color or a painting or a picture, or if they don't like their classroom, they could be experiencing all of this other kind of discord in their life or, you know, disharmony in other spaces. So we would tell someone who has someone with this openness, like really make sure anything that feels off, make the change, listen to them, trust because you're so sensitive and you have this Um, empowerment, this gift to create amazing, healthy energy for everyone around you. But, you know, when we're younger, we can really feel like we're not understanding what's happening. So you're so sensitive to the space around you. You're so affected by your environment, but you're not really understanding that you are empowered to actually make changes and that this sensitivity allows you this amazing, incredible gift to be able to kind of be empowered in that way and shift that space. So it's really inspiring to get to just feel like your innate wisdom in this area. And for people who are listening, who have this, you know, undefined G, um, we tell people like you could be an interior designer, you could, you know, all of these different things because you just have this natural empowerment. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And it makes sense why I was always making my bed in college. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. My roommates would tease me and I'm like, you'll feel better. Just do it. I know. I was going to say that as we were talking about all of these things, it was a interesting, you know, in my own life experience, I started kind of having these realizations about cleaning. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had the experience of working for a cleaning company in my early twenties, like cleaning summer home vacations. But I worked for this amazing woman who she made all of her own cleaning products, um, completely chemical free. So we used a lot of like vinegar and lemon and things like that to clean. And I just had this like realization about cleaning and how good it felt. And Mm -hmm. I would get home and I literally couldn't sit down and relax and watch a movie if I felt like things were off or, you know, dusty or not put away. Like I could just, the energy felt so intense to me. I really had to like, you know, clean and 
put all the pillows right and like make my bed. And like, (laughs) then I could relax and feel calm. And my Mm -hmm. friends are like, what's wrong with you? Like something is wrong with you. Like you're OCD or I don't know. And it's like, I just feel it so much. And after you Mm -hmm. clean, you really feel that energy shifting in your space. You feel so much more like relaxed and, and able to, but a lot of my friends really make fun of me and they're like, you are so weird, you know, not being able to sit down and eat dinner. If there's like a cabinet door open in the kitchen, like, of course, like those things to me, it's like, how could anyone, you know, how could you possibly go to sleep with your closet door slightly ajar and open that you can feel that energy so much. But I think so many people are just awakening to these kind of deeper connections. I know they are because when we sort of went into like that quarantine, I was like podcast after podcast and people were, you know, spiraling and I need to make changes, but I don't even know what to make or I invested in this, but it doesn't feel right. And so people got in a very new way for a lot. Oh, my environment does matter. Like I was able to escape and I wasn't realizing the full impact or the full, you know, um, the full force of what I was, you know, cause it feng shui gets presented a lot of times as transactional, like do this and that will happen. And, you know, so people are like, wait, I did this. Why didn't the person that I wanted, you know, to spend the rest of my life with show up right away? It doesn't work that way. You're working with energy and you are creating the environment for that to show up. And sometimes that's triggering opportunity. Sometimes it's triggering work that you need to do, but by preparing the space, you know, what you're really doing is building up what I like to call this positive chi reserve, where you've got really good energy around you so that when life happens, because, hey, it does, you've got, you know, that backup support, you've got a space to land, you don't need to stay down forever, your comeback is inevitable. And it just feels really good, right? Like it feels good to know, oh, I don't need to take care of all of these things. I can just be here for a second with this walk through the fire and be done. Right. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I think that the, the home energy that happened during this pandemic was one of the more interesting things that I was really observing people buying their homes, people gardening, people really wanting to invest in their home. And it's because they were really presented so clearly with Mm -hmm. just that energy and not being able to escape or push it off or, you know, be somewhere else and only be home, you know, very infrequently. I think it's really interesting that people had to kind of face that. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed in all of my friends, now that we're able to kind of like come back out and connect more people are into their homes and they're like, you know, really (laughs) wanting to just like stay there and create. And I come over to my friend's house and I'm like, what have you guys been doing in here? There's like candles everywhere. They've like completely Mm -hmm. redone the space. And they're like, I don't want to go out to a restaurant. Like I want to have people over. And I've noticed that it really has created a a sense of confidence in my friends that have really put that energy into their homes. Like you really see the reflection of them building their selves up as Mm -hmm. they kind of like build up that good feeling in their home, that energy chi reserve. So it's really cool to witness that on a mass scale, this is something that we're all kind of awakening to. Yeah, it definitely is. People won't ever look at their houses the same. And that's a good thing because it is, like I said, it's a source of empowerment. It's opportunity, you know, and and it's right there at your fingertips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so I've heard you talk a lot about cinnamon um, mm-hmm. on your website or <laughs> your blog and that you love cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So here's the thing. I always love working with um, things that people have on hand, right? Like, again, my whole approach was we can, there are plenty of rituals that I can share and teach people that are, you'll never find written down anywhere, right? Like feng shui was an oral tradition. So a lot of stuff is still handed down um, from master to student. But I also like just things that give people a boost that they don't have to run to the store. They don't have to go, you know, Etsy shopping or anything. And cinnamon, salt and cinnamon are two of my favorite things to work with. Um, So cinnamon really ties into wealth, you know, because a lot of people, it's like this wealth energy or this accumulation. Like, when am I going to get the fullness of everything I've been putting my efforts into in that? So I love working with cinnamon, like dotting a front door. So when you're cleaning your front door and you're done, like dotting it or even drawing like the little infinity sign with a little cinnamon oil is a great Mm -hmm. way to draw that abundance to you. Um, Something that a lot of people love is where I will do like three pinches of cinnamon in my hand and then I'll blow it at the door or into a space. I'll do that at my house, but I do that at a lot of businesses to like welcome prosperity and, you know, um, that wealth energy. in. I love doing cinnamon oil, taking it and wiping it into the four corners of a room after I've cleaned it. Again, when you clean, whether it's space clearing or actually cleaning a space, you have removed stagnant energy. So in a way you've created an opening. So Anytime you clean, be really mindful that you're aware of what you're replacing, what you've removed with. And this is why I like intentions, working with something so that something gets the first say, right? Like something hits the ground first in a very deliberate way. So cinnamon oil in the corners is a great thing to do. Um, I even have people light cinnamon sticks. Like, you know, it's, it's great for passion in that. In the bedroom, cinnamon sticks can be a little tricky to get to stay lit, but when they do and they smolder, it's fantastic. So it's worth mm. sort of, you know, working with. But again, something that you can grab without having to go source incense or, you know, anything that feels a little more like, I don't understand. And if I don't understand, I'm probably not going to use it that much. And is it worth, you know, spending the money versus cinnamon? Well, if it doesn't, work or I don't use it, there are other ways to incorporate it into my life. So yeah, I, I love cinnamon and salt is another one, um, that I think is so fantastic. I will tell everyone, um, whenever energy feels off in your house, you can take a bowl, put some salt in it, put that salt in the middle of the house, leave it out for no more than 24 hours, and then dump that salt outside. You can put it in the dirt. You can put it in a trash but it is such an effective and powerful cleanse that you can do anytime energy feels off. And I mean this genuinely, like when I have clients who've had something very traumatic happen and I work with a lot of people that come from, you know, just really like have some really horrible stories. Um, and I can't get to them right away. I say, put a bowl of salt out and let it sit there for 24 hours and I'll be there. And every single time, every single time they are just amazed at what a difference that little cleanse is made. So I joke that it's wow. the original crystal. <laughs> you don't need to go buy a big chunk. You can just grab, you know, your rock salt, your sea salt, something like that. And, and it, and it's a really effective, um, resource to keep in your home for a lot of things, but that is a simple cleanse everyone can do. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, with, with my door, it's funny. I, so I, I did put an essential oil on and I just used, we have essential oils, um, for the authority. So I used my G center authority, um, 
oil. And anyways, Brian, my husband gets home and he's like, what's on the door? (laughs) There's like streaks. Like, did something happen? And I was like, oh, that's just some oil I put on the door. And he was like, it's not rubbing in. So then he went through and like rubbed it all in. Um, But it's just so funny. And he... I sent him one of your videos, I think last week or something. And, um, on the weekend he, I didn't know if he'd watched it or anything and whatever. It was just like in our combo of DMS and uh, the weekend hit and he's like, wakes up and he's like, we need to wash our windows today. <laughs> I was like, I, love okay. it. I was like, did you watch the video I sent you? And he was like, yeah, we got to wash the windows. <laughs> and it's just so funny. So he's so into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just think it's so helpful, so freaking profound, and it really just weaves into every aspect of life. And it goes really well with human design too, which I love. Um, And so thank you for just sharing with us and with our audience. I'm curious, how can people connect with you? Um, I know you have your book, which I bought a year ago, Simple Shui for Every Day, which I love is like a very easy... um, entry level, like if people are uh, wanting something, you know, just to start, I love your book. But what are like the many different ways people can connect with you? So I would say if you're not following me on Instagram, you should because I have been told repeatedly, really generous (laughs) with the tips over there. So if you want to learn in a like, you know, no investment, safe, free way, that is a great resource that in my newsletter. In terms of learning feng shui with me, um, I'm going to be launching in May a six week course, um, become your own feng shui consultant. It's just me sharing my process of how I feng shui homes with you so you can feng shui your own home. And then later this year, I'm launching my very own certification. So that is coming and that's really exciting. Huge undertaking. (laughs) I will be doing the victory laugh when it's all said and done. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's amazing though. I think that's so um, just awesome. Like it's time. And I'm just so excited to be able to learn, learn so much more from you. Um, okay. Awesome. And what's your Instagram? What's your website? Where can people go? So Amanda Gibby Peters on Instagram and simpleshway.com is my site. My there's the blog. I've been blogging since 2007. So like if you've got time, you can find all the rabbit holes. (laughs) (laughs) That's plenty of there. Yeah. And there are videos. There's just a ton of information over there. Yeah. And then if people want to learn more about one-on-one consults, that information's over there too. So it's a really great, um, again, a really great resource that's just full. You can sink your teeth into it. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing with our listeners. I'm so excited to go shway my life out. <laughs> um, and yeah. Thanks well, take for being before here. and after pictures for me. Cause that's, that's what I like to live through. I'm going to like <laughs> do my best to c- convince you to please come here. Um, I just, I'm just a dive in niche, so I can't go any other way. But I love that you have many different offerings for however people want to dive in. I just think that's so needed and exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. This was like the best conversation. So I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Wow. We loved this conversation. We hope that you all did too. We got so much out of it and we were taking 
a lot of notes as Amanda was talking. We were scribbling things down that we're going to apply. So we'd love to hear from you all. If you apply any of these things, if you want to share it with us on our Instagram, we'd love to have this conversation with you and continue it on as we all apply this stuff to our lives. Yes. So as always, you guys can follow along with us on at dayluna on our Instagram or on our website, daylunalife.com. And many of you have been reaching out asking about a wait list for our bookings. And we do have a wait list. However, we never get cancellations like maybe once or twice a year. So we don't really see that wait list being gone through. Um, we do book up several months in advance and that's pretty standard. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's a little less. Um, so if you are feeling called to get a reading, um, we do recommend booking when it is available because it, it's not like a sooner time is going to pop up before that. Um, and one of the most amazing things is that we see the synchronicities, the divine timing when we do meet. I can't tell you how many times we've met with someone and they say that they were hesitant because it was so far away and they were just really wanting it to be sooner. And But then when we met, it's like, the day before they left their job or the week before they got a new house or they moved cities or something happened where this is exactly the right time that they were meant to have this information. So I just wanted to plant that seed that your strategy and authority is always guiding you. And if it's saying that you want to do this thing, but it's not until then, that's meant for a reason. Um, So I want to say that, but also with our online human design reader training, we are going to be having some recommended readers on our website in the next few months. So that will be another resource where you can go to find other readings. And if that your strategy and authority clicks with one of them, we love that we're being able to offer that as a resource for you. Um, On that same topic, our online human design reader training, the cutoff date is May 4th to be able to be in our quarterly Zoom calls where you'll get to ask your questions. We'll get to mentor you a bit with your business and starting up. So if you are interested in becoming a reader or um, adding human design into your current business or your current coaching or or your life in general, um, you can find out more information on that on our website, daylunalife.com. So we're so grateful to have you here and to have had you join into this super juicy conversation. And we hope that you get to just feng shui your life, lean into your human design, follow your strategy and authority, always, always, always. And we love you so much.